Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. You know what that sounds like to me? What's it sound like? It's Wes. Sounds like any artist out there that want to be an artist. Want to stay a star and don't have to worry about the executive producer being all in the videos, all in the records dancing. Come to death row. That's what that sounds like to me. And Walker. Uh, I take it by your blank expression. You might not be very familiar with that quote. Wes, I'm not going to lie to you. I have no clue what you're talking about. It's one of the most <laughs> famous in your hip hop head. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. I I'm even knew uh, that. I'm, I'm sure you did. <laughs> is the Wesson Walker Show on a Friday. Keep the text coming on the FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610. Follow us on social media, at Wesson Walker on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer. Did that one first today, at WFNZ on Twitter or Instagram, at HTB underscore Josh, at Walker Mail, and at Wes Bryant underscore 72 to get all of the happenings of the Wesson Walker show behind the scenes. There's no telling what you might see out there, but what you're going to hear right now is time to go into the campus corner. Walker mail. The Charlotte 49ers will not be denied. They did not let the South Florida loss make them lose more than that particular game. They got the job done, beat UTSA 79 to 70 and the 49ers are rolling. They improved to 16 and 8 overall. They advanced to 11 and 1 at Halton Arena and 10 and 2 in the AAC to remain second in the league. Deshaun Jackson had 19 points. Luke I. Patterson had 17 points. They never trailed against the Roadrunners. The lineup of Jackson folks, Graves, Patterson, and Milicic improved to 10 and 1 as a starting five. The Niners this year's edition has become the fastest. Charlotte team to reach 10 conference game wins since the 2004-2005 season despite being out-rebounded and giving up a season-high 18 offensive rebounds. UTSA shot 25% from the field in route to 26 points in the second half. Walker, what were your thoughts on your beloved Niners and the job that they got done last night? That despite they never tra- that despite that they never trailed in this game, still a pretty close one. Four point game with two minutes left to go, and then San Antonio called a timeout. I'm glad that Nick Graves hit that jumper in order to give them a little bit more cushion as it became clutch time for the Charlotte 49ers squad, and they were able to get the job done. And so, yeah, it's not been, I don't know how dominant that they've been in some of these wins, but they still find a way. The South Florida game, the Temple game, they allowed those teams to come back. Here, they never had a big deficit that they got Texas San Antonio to suffer, but they were able to hang on despite it being a four-point game in the last two minutes. And so they still just, no matter what run the Roadrunners might go on, they were able to answer when it got close enough. And that's the sign of a good team. Aaron Fern continues to do a great job. And we're all getting excited now as we approach the conference tournament. 
We know that that is going to be the only surefire way that you get to the NCAA tournament with an at-large bid being very, very hard to come by. It feels like they can win it, Wes, with the way that they've been performing this entire year. App State outscores Marshall 42-29 to in the second half after having a two-point lead at halftime. They get the job done 73-58. to They shoot 51% from the floor, 42% from three, and they hold Marshall to a measly 33% from the field. So App State continuing to roll as well. Uh, this is a team, like I said, that we all feel confident about going into March, and uh, they just continue to roll. Yes, they do, and you've seen them win in a couple of different ways. It was a double-digit victory against Marshall. How about that Toledo game where they everybody was scoring 109 to 104? It did go to overtime, and they scored a lot of points in overtime, 19 in just those five minutes allotted. But also, you see them just continuing to take care of business as well. It's it's the reason that we believe in this App State team. They are very good at rebounding. We mentioned that yesterday and they continue to uh, just run through conference play as one of these squads that I mean an at-large would be hard for them as well but being first in Sunbelt and them being the favorite in that conference tournament if they continue to win they have five more games left to go before you get to conference tourney play. I mean Wes if you end up with a 26-5 and five record let's say you win a few games in conference tournament but like you get to what maybe the semifinals Maybe an at-large bid is at stake for the Mountaineers because they have been so good this entire year. All right, going over to the ACC, starting to preview the weekend games. We're talking about Wake traveling to play number 21, Virginia. Virginia 70-72 and 72 all-time versus Wake Forest, including a 42-22 and 22 mark in Charlottesville. This is a series that dates back to 1910. Virginia's won 11 of the last 13 meetings. Uh, in this series, Virginia's third in the ACC, while Wake Forest is fourth. This is a big game for both of these teams. Virginia's eight-game win streak and 23-game home win streak ended losing to Pittsburgh this week, so they're going to be an angry bunch. Wake Forest defeated Virginia 66-47 to earlier this season, also adding fuel uh, to the fire. All six of Virginia's losses have been by 11 points or more. Their first nationally in turnovers per game, assist to turnover ratio. You know they're going to take care of the basketball. Their third in scoring defense as well. Wake Forest holds teams to 31% from three uh, in conference play, third best in the league, and less than 73 points per game. Uh, what do we think about this matchup? Uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. I love my Deeks, and I'm, I'm confident in this group, but I just think there are a lot of factors stacking up against them. The fact that Virginia's been so hot that their win streak was broken, uh, I don't like that coming in. They're going to be an angry bunch, right. like I said. Also, Wake beat the brakes off of them earlier this year, so uh, I think it spells doom for my Demon Deacons. Color me shocked. If they get the win, I'm not ruling them out. I think they've got a chance, but they really got to go up there and be on one to take it from the Virginia Cavaliers in this one. So we know Virginia is a team usually offensively that is so efficient on a possession-by-possession possession basis. So if Wake Forest defense does not travel and if their shot isn't falling, that's how Virginia ends up winning and maybe even winning big against Wake Forest. I, I think Virginia wins this game, but I'll always think Wake Forest has a shot because of all the talent that they have on that squad. Massive game for the Demon Deacons here. These chances are running out. They've had a few. They lose that game against Duke. They have another one that they'll be playing. But, Wes, you don't have many opportunities, and so this is a big one if they can get a win on the road. Fiddy, your thoughts on this matchup? Wes, I'd love for your boys to go and do it, man. I'd, 
I'd probably buy you lunch on Monday if y'all were able to go and beat Virginia. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Virginia bounces back. But this is the type of win that if you get, like, if y'all get this game and then you get Duke at home, you would probably feel pretty confident come Selection Sunday, barring some some bad loss that you're going to hear your name called. So this is the type of game your boys need if they want to go dancing in March. Well, I like the fact that we all across the board uh, pick Virginia, so that means that Wake definitely has a great chance. Now, going right over, Fitty, the reason why you would be excited for us to win is because your Tar Heels are holding on to that lead in the ACC by the slimmest of margins, and Virginia is one of the teams that is creeping up on them. They will take on the Tar Heels. Virginia Tech trails in the all-time series 72-17. to Virginia Tech has won two straight, though, in the series after taking down North Carolina 80-72 to in Blacksburg last season. Their last win in Chapel Hill came on February 13th of 2007. Virginia Tech is 5-33 all-time against North Carolina in Chapel Hill. So, Fiddy, you can start the conversation here. What do you think happens in this game this weekend? And if Carolina does not win the ACC, it will be because of what? Because well, if they don't win the ACCs because they 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 lost games on the road they should have won, and then they lost games on the road that they should have lost. I think Carolina bounces back in a big way tomorrow. I, I can't be on here preaching or preaching patience and tell you I'm not worth them picking to lose a home game to a, a team that's not even close to making the NCAA tournament. I think you get big games from Carolina's big three, RJ Mondo and Harrison. I think they blow out Virginia Tech. So maybe that's the fan in me, and maybe I've seen this with Carolina Blue Lenses. But I think Carolina bounces back in a big way. All right, quickly before Walker and I speak on this topic, let's hear from Matt Doherty on his growing concern for the Tar Heels and their defense. So I think what really gets you is the defense. 62.5%, 47% from the three for Syracuse. That's not good enough. That's not acceptable. And so you, 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 you can't give up defense travels. You know, when you play in the Carrier Dome, you're worried about your shooting because it's just a weird place. It's such a big place that the backgrounds are so different than what you used to. It's the defense that you should be able to count on. And they have played really good defense until late. They're getting dribbled penetrated and when you go against big guards they're shooting over our smaller guards like Cadeau and RJ Davis so you get into the lane you can shoot over them and and we don't have shot blocking Baycott is not a great shot blocker he had one block we had one block as a team that's not good enough you know and so again the margin of error we look like we could beat anybody when we play Duke at home but we're two and two and three in the last five games yeah, so uh, I find those comments very interesting, and I know that Carolina is currently number two in field goal percentage defense in all of the ACC, and they've got a team coming in in Virginia Tech that is 11th in scoring offense, so maybe that is a match made in Tar Heel heaven as far as what they need to do this weekend. Uh, I do think that North Carolina will win. I do think this could end up being a little bit closer than people think it will be, but if Carolina does not win the ACC, I think it will be because the duo of R.J. Davis and uh, Armando Baycott just they start to slow down. And we see it with RJ as far as his field goal percentage. Uh, we know we've talked about teams being physical with him and that small stature, six feet, 165 pounds is what they list him at. And man, it's going to be interesting to see if he can hold up and continue to carry that team because we know Cadeau and his shooting 
still needs a lot of work. But I think if that's the reason they don't get it, it's because their two big dogs aren't dominant enough down the stretch. Uh, but I do think they will have enough to take care of Virginia Tech this weekend. If I were to answer this question, North Carolina will lose the ACC because, or if UNC does not win the ACC, it's because of blank. I think it's because the offense runs out of steam. I disagree with Coach Doherty about what the biggest issue is. I understand the defense hasn't been as good as it was earlier in the season, but also I think there was some three-point luck that they were running into. And you can see the offense, even if they are one of the best teams scoring, their 29th in points per game all season long. After Wake Forest, where they had the second half explosion against the Demon Deacons, they've only reached above 80 points one time since then. Georgia Tech, they lose and they score 73. They play well against Duke. We always kind of throw those games out because of how special they are just within itself. And then against Clemson, they allow 80, they only score 76. Against Miami, they win, they only score 75. Syracuse, they only score 79. It's not terrible, but also if we have Cadeau, who isn't a great shooter, and you start to worry about him getting exploited, exposed, and then you see R.J. Davis not hitting well inside the three-point arc. His two-point percentage is way down. Like He's not finishing at the rim whatsoever. The three-point shot is as good as it's ever been, but once he gets inside the three-point arc, people have been able to limit him, so Armando has a lot more offensive responsibility to be the presence inside, especially if Harrison Ingram has changed his identity as more of, more of the board master than he is even going on some of these nuclear uh, performances. Like The offense just runs out of steam, in my opinion, with the defense being good solid enough the offense has to be special that's north carolina basketball and it just hasn't been special here the last month or so all right so it's going to be a great game but you do think they take care of business against virginia Tech. i do all right well other games of note this weekend uh duke will travel to florida state north carolina state will travel to clemson uh lsu will be at south carolina they're looking to bounce back from that 40 point drubbing uh at auburn and louisiana uh, will be at Appalachian State. And, uh, Walker, man, I hate to put you on the spot. Who do the Charlotte 49ers have uh, this weekend? Oh, I need to. Excuse me, my mic was off. I need to go back. I forget who they, they played. They got Wichita you did put me State coming yes, in, and I shockers, had that right in my notes. Uh, they got Wichita State, the <laughs> Shockers. Hopefully they don't shock anybody when they come into town Sunday at 12 o'clock. So that has been the campus corner. When we come back, we jump into Panthers position preview. The interior defensive line is the topic. Come back and join us, won't you? This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, you're listening to 92.7 WFNZ. Soft Fitty dancing to it. Maybe we add this to the playlist. 
This yeah. one is a little bit different than the other ones that he likes. I don't know if he wants this one to the playlist. Maybe he just dances to this anytime he plays it, and that's good enough for him. It, it kind of sounds like a R&B, like Halloween song. <laughs> With whatever's going on in the background, and it's named "Gods Don't Bleed." Like, I you know, I am a renowned man of faith. I For don't sure. know if I need to, to listen to the lyrics of this song, but Wes, <laughs> it is the first Sunday without football. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's literally no excuses. Playlist Monday. Oh, he's putting it on you. Right. You hear this mess. I mean, I'm working on it, but it's hard to remember all the songs that you like. That's why we kind of been going as we've gone. I got about six songs in there, but it's hard to remember everything you like. Uh, Walker doesn't remember anything off the top of his head, and you don't either. So we just kind of got to play this thing out slow. It's going to be the slowest built right. playlist of ever, but it will be well crafted. <laughs> I like the idea of just giving it to him January 1st. Of yeah. 2025. Right. And just collecting all, just we keep on waiting. And then Wes goes home every day and then adds two or three songs to the playlist and you have a lot. I mean, it's just going to be a ton of music that he gives you, but at least it's going to be thorough and it's going to be all of the music that you like throughout the season. That's right. I and mean, you can do your dances and gyrations and popping and all that stuff you like to do back there in the back. Gyrating is a good way to describe it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> There's a lot of gyrating over there behind the ones. I don't know how uncomfortable that might make Colin, Smoke, Feel, who also have to man that same exact mic and stay in that same exact area. I don't know how much they gyrate back there, but I know Fiddy slash JD has it all taken care of. Speaking of music, I did want to go to not only just the playlist convo, but I saw this on Twitter, and I thought this would be good for the text line as well. How involved were y'all in the ringtone game? Did you guys have the ringtones for different people back in the day before we got to Apple? And then you had different (laughs) ringtones for different people, so you knew who was calling. And that might still be true, but the songs as ringtones, that's what I wish we still had in society today. Yeah, uh, I was a ringtone guy, obviously, man. I I know a lot of artists loved that, too, because they would make a killing. Remember, that was like the thing before TikTok and all those other social media sites. It was your ringtones. How many ringtones are you selling (laughs) on top of your album sales? Uh, I definitely was a ringtone guy. And then I even went as far as to have, I think this was when I was in college, I had where you could have the ringtone where people could hear the song when they called you. The ring back tone. Yeah, ring back tone. So I had those as well. So uh, I definitely did. I didn't have, uh, I had like one general one and then only specific people had different ringtones. Well, how much were they were like, what? Most of them, they'd be about 99 cents. Yeah, they weren't much. I remember spending, I, I had Dear Mama for when mom called. Me too. So, no, 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 not Dear Mama. I had the, the Boys to Men song to Mama. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had, so I had Tupac playing anytime mom called. I'm trying to think of what else I had. I, I had a couple of songs that I would have, but I never spent too much money. So only had a few in the rotation. Did you but, have a ring back? I never had a ring back. Didn't care enough about it. Mm. If you're going to call me, you can just listen to the normal dial. Oh, and I remember uh, <laughs> you would put the song on your answering service. You'd have it playing in the background while you said your message. See, that was a little before <laughs> me. That was So this is a different yeah. era because I was definitely a part of the ringtone era. Mm-hmm. But we only see this really in like sitcoms and movies of the 90s where at least, Fiddy, I think you and I are in the same boat here, where you'll see some of those characters on the movies and the sitcoms. They'll record the outgoing message for voicemail, but that was never a thing for us. Yeah. Because you like getting your own phone line, I guess, was a big thing as a kid. 
I, this is foreign to me. Yeah, it was. But getting your own phone line, mm-hmm. having the phone in your room, like I barely survived that era or like was in that era. I was like barely had the phone in my own room, but then we just graduated to cell phones and that was it. Yeah, I got I got to be able to use recruiting as an excuse to have a line in my room. I was like, man, we need, you know, I need a line in my room so then they can call me direct. But it was really just so I could talk to my girlfriend and stuff of like course, that. Of course, yeah. yeah. And she had to know, man. She had to know. That's she, all it was. Yeah, cause she, and she didn't fall for it, right? Like, she probably said, okay, whatever you need it for. But maybe you were just old enough to go ahead and have yeah, your you know, phone Yeah, you know, you go to line. bed and I had the door closed and you could be, you know, under the covers with, with the phone and talking all loaded and you hear somebody coming. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, sorry. I'll call you later. Yeah, I'm sorry. Fiddy, did you have a ringtone at all that you would uh, put out there for a different people or just a general one? No, I didn't get a phone till I was a freshman in high school. So like, it was that was kind of already kind of out of the uh, the game. I have them now though. Like for all the UNC fans that I have in my phone, the UNC fight song is their phone or their 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 text noise. For my dad, it's uh, a knockoff version of someone saying, how about them Cowboys? Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I do it for certain people now. I um, feel like you can't do real music anymore as a ringtone, right? Um, I've never yeah, tried. I, the ringtones Recently? isn't really a thing like that anymore. I didn't think so. I, I like a couple people writing in. Todd from Denver says, ring back tones, where the ringing sound was actually a song. Yeah, a lot of people had that. I know still people that... Just had that their whole entire time. So even when it wasn't as prevalent, you'd still have some friends that just held on to it from their high school days. That would happen for me. I like Tar Heel Tony. <laughs> Tony said, I had sipping on some scissor as my ringtone. That's a hard ringtone, man. I and think he, I think you can still purchase them though on Apple and stuff like that. You can purchase songs as ringtones. You can. It's like it's like a dollar ninety nine now. Yeah. I guess is it just not cool enough? I figured music would just be something yeah, that I is everlasting. Think, yeah, I don't think anybody does. I don't I haven't heard it anymore. All right. Maybe we can explore with that. That'd be funny. Maybe I just have the Wes and Walker theme as my ringtone. Boom. You should get uh your son up on it, Wes, as part of his Riz. It's true. He'd be the he would guy. tell me none of the kids do it. He'd be like, Dad, the, the kids, we don't we don't want any ringtones. I, I would think that'd be cool. See, that's something that that is a trend that could come back. Yeah. It could. I, I was just thinking that. Very easy to see. NBA young boy as a ringtone. I'm sure the kids would be all over that. Yeah, they would. They would. He'd be the Riz God, if you will. Because they don't market it like that anymore either. Like back in the day, they marketed the ringtones. Like they would put the, yeah. the price and they would put that. And you would have ringtone services that would get advertised during the video show. Yeah, it's funny. 252 wrote in like a message like that. Text 2838383 for the yeah. Whisper song. <laughs> That's again, 838383. It yeah. felt like we would get those a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, you can text in with what ringtone you had because I would be very interested in what song it was that would go off when somebody would call you. Let's go to the Panthers' position preview, and let's talk about the interior defensive line. It all starts with one guy, Wes. That guy is Derek Brown, who was absolutely amazing last year. And he was great the year before. To me, he's the guy that you have to take care of contractually, extension. Don't know. I just want him to be secured. I don't want to do this Brian Burns thing where we have to question, is he going to be here long term? Do we have to figure out a way to help Bryce Young? Nah, man. I Like, you draft Brian Burns, you hit. 
If you trade them, fine. Sometimes you fall in these situations. But if you trade two of the best players that you've had in what has largely been a very disappointing tenure for David Tepper, not even largely, just flat out been a disappointing tenure for Scott Fitterer, guys making these decisions, of course, all under David Tepper's ownership. The fact that you hit on a couple of pieces and then you have to trade them or they leave, I hate seeing homegrown talent leave. Because it paints a bad picture of, hey, if we hit on them, they're just going to leave and go contend somewhere else, and we don't take care of our own. And I hate that reputation. Keep Derek Brown as much as you possibly can. He is the biggest thing that went right last year in a different defensive scheme. No, nah, no question about it. And playing out there, you know, at that defensive end spot in that 34, because, you know, when you go further in depth and look at that interior, yeah, they need to find some help there because the run defense reflected that. If there was one flaw uh, on this defense, you would look at them as a team that you could run the football on, and that's what a lot of teams uh, chose to do with the Carolina Panthers. And so, when you know, when you look at this rush defense and what they did this season, an opponent rushing yards per game, the Panthers were down there near the bottom. They were 23rd. And so you look at those guys, you know, in the middle of that defense at that nose tackle spot, shot Tuttle. I mean, barely anybody knew that he was on the team this year because the production – uh, just wasn't there. And so I think, you know, with the fact that the whole defensive staff is back and intact, that means that the 34 defense is going to be back intact for the Carolina Panthers. And so I think one of the other things, and I think one of the more underrated needs that they need to find, because when you looked at what Shai Tuttle was able to do, you know, he had 43 combined tackles, a half a sack tackle for loss. Okay, fine, because we know the main responsibility of a D-tackle I mean, a nose guard in that 34 is to be a space eater. That's what you want. Make everybody else's job easier. You maintain your leverage on the line of scrimmage and take up blockers. And so I think that the Panthers would do themselves a service. They don't need to spend a premium draft selection uh, on a nose tackle, but I think it would um, be in their best interest to be able to go out and find them a guy that's going to be a space eater in the middle of that defense and able to give you just enough pass rush to be able to collapse the pocket to a degree uh, on a regular basis. Uh, and, I, and I think that's one thing that the Panthers will have to put on their shopping list. It's not high priority, but I would put it at, you know, like a, a middle of the pack because every 34 defense has a big-time nose guard. Yeah. I, a really I, great ones, that I should say. Yeah, I, I also wonder, too, I, and I get the odd man front thing there, but I also wonder going the exact opposite and seeing how productive you can be from a pass rushing standpoint. So if you just allow Derek Brown to be that dude who is maybe not your typical 360 pound guy at nose tackle, but he's still really strong and is a great run defender. One of the best in the entire NFL. If you just allow him to continue to eat up double teams and eat up blockers, and then you get a real fast and shifty defensive lineman as well, put alongside him. I know it's not, off, I know it's not odd man, but also we know that you can line up in just a four man front too. And so if you have that, that defensive tackle, that is more of a pass rusher when you have four guys out there and I would love to see if they can get, can get free with Derek Brown providing some pass rush too, mm -hmm. but then you just put a fast guy like Cansey style uh, from Tampa Bay and you have that mix of Vita Vea and Kalaja Cansey, where Vea will eat up all of the double teams, but Cansey can just pin his earbacks and go from the interior. Yeah. I wonder if that would be something the Panthers could experiment with, too. But really, you're right, Wes. Like, we can spend some money there. It would be nice. That would be a luxury. But it's clearly 
far enough down on the list where you should be taking care of other positions first in free agency. Yeah, because also, too, you know, when you do want to go to those four-man lines, you know, I've always said Derek Brown is best served as a three technique. And so you still, you know, want to find a guy that's going to be able to make a little bit of noise at that nose guard spot because that's still a, a position in, in a four-man front as well. And so I think, you know, interior – it just depends. You know, if you want to go off of the 3-4 the, the base, then, yeah, the interior definitely needs some retooling. Then if you go to a four-man front, then, yeah, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see how they would do that at this point, you know, how they would do it. Because if you have YGM in there with Burns and then you slide Derek Brown down inside with a shot total, uh, then I think that, you know, again, that's a position that you can afford to try to find some help at but not over-exerting yourself. You know what would be interesting to me? I don't know if you would do it. You're, you're, you need to create so much cap space. You know what player I'm going to go with? You're shaking your head. We've uh, talked about no, it a little I don't, bit I don't before. Know player. Javon Kinlaw. So oh, yeah. If you, if you go off of his projection, according to Pro Football Focus, Spot Rack, whatever you want to roll with, it's going to be, at least by those measures, a year two years, somewhere around five to $6 million annually. Okay. So if you wanted to just shore up what you have on the defensive line, maybe you don't even spend big at edge rusher, which is it certainly a team need. But what if you just didn't spend big at edge rusher? You bring in Kinlaw alongside Derek Brown, who's starting to show more promise. He had the freak athletic prototype coming out of college, probably relied on it a little too much coming out of college and then flashed in the Super Bowl. Like, made some plays. Yeah. Not a great run defender, but that's exactly what I'm rolling with, right? If you're going to try to get some real help alongside Derek Brown, then you're not going to be able to get the complete package here, especially at the price point you're looking to go shopping. So if you get Kinlaw, who had a 70.3 pass rush grade, fine. Like, I'm I'm cool with that. And then you put him along, alongside Derek Brown. That could be interesting. And there were people... I. I kind of liked Kinlaw a little better than Derek Brown because of the pass rushing instincts uh, at the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Way wrong on it. But you bring Kinlaw back, that might be interesting. Bring him on home here to the Carolinas. He could be a good uh, value and depth piece. I, I agree with you there. I mean, he has a career high in sacks. And as you said, the run defense, which that's something that I'm sure the Panthers defense and I'm sure Ejiro Evero wants to shore up uh, this season. And so that would give you a little bit of cause to pause. But yeah. I think at the price point that you could get him at, he could be a nice depth piece uh, and then be a defensive end and at 34 or come down uh, inside and play in a 43 uh, as well. He's got the size of 6'5", 319. Uh, you know, he seems to have a passion to play this game. He's bounced back from a lot of adversity since the beginning of, of his career. It has not gone the way I'm sure that he wanted it to. But I think this would be a guy that could be a, a, a nice signing for some depth and make some plays for you. So if you look at the other interior defensive linemen here, Wes, is there anybody that you like in particularly? Uh, Shy Tuttle didn't have a great year. Deshaun Williams, same thing. They both kind of graded in the lower realms on run and pass rush defense. I think if you go to Nick Thurman, there were some decent spots there. Even a Raquan Williams, I think we got to see him. How many games it felt like he flashed every once in a while. I'm trying to remember Raquan. Maybe I'm thinking about the wrong guy. Either way, was there any other interior defensive lineman that stuck out to you? Or was it the Derrick Brown show and everybody else was real quiet? Yeah, I mean, to me, on, on that defensive line, I mean, you got you got okay performances from the rest of those guys, but not quite, you know, and not that you expected any of them to come in and be double digit sack guys or do anything like that. But again, at the end of the day, 
you know, the run defense 23rd in all of the leagues. So that tells you that something needs to change down there uh, in that front seven. So, yeah, I would agree with you as far as on the defensive lineman from a pure position st- standpoint. You know, it was Derek Brown and a bunch of guys. It really was. And so you can tell us what you think about the interior defensive line position here with Carolina, 704-570-9610. Again, the number is 704-570-9610 on the FanDuel text line. Let's move on and go to uh, some more Carolina Panther discussion. We have the live wire starting at 2 o'clock. And we'll also go over our NBA All-Star predictions and discuss Brandon Miller in the Rising Stars game. What happens, too, when LaMelo Ball comes back from injury? How are the Charlotte Hornets going to you know, counter that in the backcourt? Trey Mann, Cody Martin, who's going to the bench? Still got a lot of stuff to get to here. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. was an old ringtone you used to have we're having fun with that conversation on wesson walker thanks for listening to sports radio 92.7 wfnz we're going back to the FanDuel text line 910 wrote in big pimpin yeah that was a that was a good one fitty it's my favorite <laughs> off mic fitty oh yeah that was a sagebrush oh yeah so he must have loved big P- i don't even know do you just like the name of the song do you know what we're talking about when we yes, talk about I, big pimpin i mean yeah like i just have no <laughs> idea about the you know the there's another musical universe that exists. I I'm just wanted to know. Just, I give Miss credit. Big Pimpin was so big you couldn't run from that one, well, no matter also, where you live. Well, but also it's just an age thing, right? Like I'm. It's when was that dropped? I don't even know. Uh, like, I was in high school. I want to say college when that came out. And so, if so you, early 2000s. So early 2000s, and then I would have been like barely 10. There's like, what, a four-year difference between us? And so maybe you just missed it because you also don't dabble in that realm all that much. I'm sorry for assuming. I assumed incorrectly. Yeah, I mean, you got to put it in the front of your mind. JD, up with all the types of music. All right, it's in the front now. It used to be in the back, but now it's in the front. I appreciate you correcting me. Ty the Goldfish said, my best ringtone of all time was Jonah Hill's scream. When the body fell through the ceiling in the movie Accepted, it played when my dad would call. Yeah, when somebody's screaming, because if your dad calls, it might be a problem, and then your phone just screams. I could see (laughs) that being a reason why you would do that. Stephen from Huntersville is taking me all the way back. He said, I had the song Blame It on the Alcohol as my ring back tone. I thought it was the coolest thing ever until my grandparents called me. And then <laughs> Blame it on the alcohol. That's why you got to have different ringtones, man. You got to have something different for the grandparents. It, it, yeah, but also it's it's not bad if they call you because it, it's, it means that they're not in the same room. But if somebody calls you and then that song plays and then your grandparents hear it, that might be something you would rather them not hear. Mm. 
Fundy from Charlotte said my ringtone for a while was MF Doom, Vomit Spit. It's a great name. Okay. Great. <laughs> I know. It's a weird. It's a it's terrible good. title for a song. It's a great song, though. It sounds like the name of a rock band. We have. I think we have it, Fiddy. I think we have that very instrumental in the system. I'm not sure. And it's just, what's it called? Vomit Spit. <laughs> it's so it's pretty bad. I think we have we it, though. We do not. Okay, all right. I'll put it in there for sure. We can start to listen yeah. to it. So you can tell us what your ringtone was. We had a line. Panther Bow. My mom used to have Bill Withers use me up. Uh, throw some D's on it. That was a... I know you love that song. I love that song, man. <laughs> I absolutely love that song. That gets me Just going, man. Cadillac. Yeah. Throw some D's. I love it. Uh, <laughs> International Players Anthem, UGK. That's a good one as well. And so there's some more. Highway to Hell. I can't stop reading them. I can't stop reading them. Here's another question for you because Fiddy brought this to the fishbowl, and I thought this was a good question as well. It's basically Friday FanDuel text line question day. That's what it is. Is there a big imagine if he stayed guy? that you pull for for your college team that if he would have stayed then you were man we could have won the championship we could have made a deep tournament run and fitty i guess you saw this on twitter we were trying to figure out who that guy was for different colleges and i immediately go to the same answer that fitty me and fitty had the same exact answer we both went brandon wright because if you'll remember brandon wright left early he left after his freshman season and that was the same squad that had hansborough wayne ellington Ty Lawson, can you imagine exchanging like Ed Davis's minutes on that championship team with Brandon Wright on that squad? And Ed Davis is a good player, but even just, I mean, how much run is he getting? Deion Thompson probably is the guy that's losing his minutes a little more so, but they are nonstop running if Brandon Wright comes back, and that team would have been absolutely ridiculous. Well, you got to remember, Wright left after the 07 loss into Georgetown. In the Elite Eight. So mm-hmm. if he comes back, that 08 team, which was better than the 09 team, went 36 and 3, but got lost in the Final Four. Like, so Carolina wins the championship a year prior because, and maybe, maybe they set themselves up to go back to back because as great as that team was, they didn't have great NBA uh, draft prospects while they all went back to college. So, um, you know, Roy Williams could have had a chance to go back to back and would have been the second team that decade to do so. Has Brandon Wright spoken yet? Because I swear that guy couldn't talk. No, he just I don't, never said a word. No, he's never said a word. He had a, <laughs> he had a real long, like was a bust as a top 10 pick oh, yeah, drafted so by the Bobcats. I was excited about it. And then they trade him to Golden State and he goes over for the Jay Rich trade. Jason Richardson comes over to the Bobcats in exchange for Brandon Wright busts over there, but then is like has a 10-year career and actually plays pretty good defense a little bit later on, plays for those Dallas Mavericks squad. So Brandon Wright, like, turned bust but actually had a, a pretty good NBA career. Uh, I think my number one college, if he would have come back, was uh, Chris Webber. Uh, if he would have come back and played with the Fab Five because he was the only one that left early. Yeah. Everybody else stayed, and, you know, they had gone to two straight national championship games, and I just felt like if Chris Webber would have come back uh, that they would have been able to capture that that next year. Did you have a 93 championship clown joke that you want to go for against Chris Webber? I was just going to say, didn't he leave because the rest of his teammates put him in timeout? That's why he went to the NBA. That's right. They put him in timeout, and he had to go to the NBA because of it. It felt like Chris Webber couldn't couldn't really stay, though, right? No, I mean, he was the clear-cut number one pick. And, I mean, that was a really good draft, but, you know, so he was guy, the number one pick. Right, so, like, I feel like, okay, if there are guys that were on the fence – 
that would have came back and made a big difference. We're getting a lot of Duke ones. Uh, in fact, there's 704 says Duke has about 10 of those guys. They do. William Avery for Duke. Kyle yeah. Kyle Leff writes in. Corey McGetty. K. Will writes in. I mean, in. just recently, if Zion and R.J. Baird and all those guys would have returned, who knows what that would have looked like. But, but from, I guess that's not that's the what I'm saying. you're going off of. Well, like for me, Zion's not staying. Nope. I mean, Coach K is even kicking him out of the program. Coach K is one of those guys that when we turned into the one-and-done era, he's telling you, don't come back. I'm not allowing you to do it because you could get injured, and that could hurt your draft status when he was the clear-cut number one overall pick. So it's like, okay, we all knew he was going to leave. Brandon Wright, top-notch pick at that time is a little bit different. I feel like that's a little bit 50-50. R.J. Barrett was going. He was going to be number three overall. It was going to be – that. I mean, that draft order was sad. So that's what I wonder, like, who could have been – coming back and had a big impact i saw one kendall marshall but kendall marshall after all of his guys were leaving it felt like kendall marshall was going to leave too so i don't know if he he was a big impact guy but it felt like he was always going to leave anyway yeah and i mean you know you you had another five-star marcus page coming behind him kendall had pretty much done everything he could do at carolina like you said multiple assist records um in two years like it was it was everything he could have done if you go to the pros, because like what I saw on Twitter, like I saw people doing the pro things. Uh-huh. For me, if Jimmy Johnson stays, how many how many Super Bowls does Dallas win in the nineties? Oh, okay. I like extending this to the coaches and maybe guys in free agency. Wes, you had a real deep cut one when you were listening to a Damon Stoudemire interview. Mm-hmm. Damon was talking about if he never left Toronto. Yeah, if he never left Toronto, and he would have had a chance to be there with a, a young Tracy McGrady, and they still have Marcus Camby, and then they probably still drafted Vince Carter and stuff like that. So that was pretty uh, interesting to think about what if then. I mean, I guess if we went to the pros, I would always think about uh, if Dion would have stayed in San Francisco, uh, if they would have won a Super Bowl again that next season. That was always something that I thought about, if they would have gotten another one, because he's definitely turned the tide. Uh, between the two franchises of Dallas and San Francisco, depending on which team he was playing on. 252 says if Ryan Harrow had stayed at State, he probably would have had at least made the tournament. He led the Kentucky Wildcats to the NIT. How true is that? Uh, people loved Ryan Harrow going to <laughs> NC State, and it didn't necessarily work out. It does feel like there are some state players to mention. I can remember a Cedric Simmons. Like, if Simmons stays, it's a little bit of a deeper cut. But I think most Tobacco Road fans will remember Cedric Simmons leaving, like, the 15th pick for the Pelicans, maybe something like that. And even J.J. Hickson. Hickson was a monster. J.J. Hickson, he was good. Was a monster and was, like, the 19th pick, but left, I think it was after his freshman or sophomore year. Mm -hmm. But if J.J. Hickson stays, then how good is NC State? I need to look up who came in right after he left. But they had some really talented big guys that eventually left as like a sophomore, late first round, late lottery type of pick. And so I wonder how many guys you know come to mind for NC State. That's kind of interesting. So some ACC mentions there. And you can text us some more. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Yeah, Gas House Earl brings in Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter, Jerry Stackhouse, Rasheed Wallace. Got him Jerry's Steakhouse. I like that. He did say Jerry's Steakhouse. <laughs> That is a great business opportunity. <laughs> if it does not work out for him at Vandy, which it really might not. It's not. <laughs> it's, then go ahead. Come on down to Jerry's Steakhouse. <laughs> I would love to know what kind of steaks that he serves up. Jerry's Steakhouse sounds like something I would love to go attend. It does. Sheed we came up with, but I don't felt like Sheed could stay. It didn't feel like he was a foregone conclusion to leave. So if Sheed stayed, then that team is just ridiculous, too. 
Stackhouse, even more, right? Leaves after a sophomore campaign and then goes out and has a great but year Rasheed in Philadelphia. But Rasheed was projected lottery. He was a big-timer, All-American. Yeah. In that era, I wonder, like, if, if he was foregone, then I guess he doesn't fit my bill. I just didn't know if it was, like, a for sure, sure thing like that. But he was crazy talented, man. I could never find it, but it always felt like, and maybe it just got lost in North Carolina lore, but Dean Smith said there was only a couple of guys that could leave after their first season or out of high school and be ready for the NBA. One was Michael, and one was Rasheed Wallace. And he could have been the first guy to go 4-0 at Cameron pre-Hansborough uh, because he, he had the famous quote, we ain't ever losing over here. It it felt like Sheed was the guy that left the most meat on the bone at Carolina, right? Yeah. Like, it felt like you could have had just a freaking monster career, even if you even if you just stay one more season. Like, Brandon Wright would have been lost in the sauce because there were so many great players on that mm-hmm. squad, and, and that team was talented, too. But Sheed was different. Even like, more than Jordan, you felt like leaving? Well, they won a championship, you know? Well, I was just saying as far as statistically, like if Mike would have been Mike at Carolina averaging like 25, 27 instead of like 16, I guess is what I'm what I'm referencing. Are you saying, are you trying to flirt with a little bit only Dean? Could hold <laughs> no, I'm just saying when, like you said, when you said Rasheed left the most on the ball, and I'm just saying with Jordan, with what we knew he became, what could he have been in That's, college if he would have had the ultimate green light? I don't know. Like three years you know, what was he? Was he player of the year? Yeah, well, you know, yeah he was. Like player but I mean, year, you know, he was 16 to 19 a game. You only get one more year. She gets yeah. like two. I don't know. Jordan still accomplished it. If there's a lot more meat on the he bone, yeah. goodness gracious. That's Wes, pretty crazy. Wes, is there an ACC football player that stands out? Like, what if he would have stayed? Like, you probably oh. go Watson, maybe Lawrence. Like, they could have put numbers and this one's in a t- stratosphere that you like they're never being touched again. Well, and this one's weird, too, because I guess we have to go somewhat recently, right? Because of the, the way that. You know, quarterbacks could only leave after their junior year for a while, but now you have the the mm-hmm. red shirt season, and guys can leave after two seasons of college basket or uh, college football. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's it's tough. We have guys that shouldn't have left, <laughs> like Trubisky probably shouldn't have left. Oh, yeah. Even if he's the number two overall pick, maybe you have to capitalize on that, especially with football being so yeah, injury prone. Definitely needed to. Yeah, but. He made all his money up front. <laughs> he did. He damn sure didn't make it on the back end. But That's you right. got a lot of guys like that because, I mean, Lamar left out there his red shirt sophomore year. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he had a couple more seasons he could have stayed. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of guys. When I'm trying to think of, of somebody who could have stayed that have would have guaranteed their team a championship or for them to be in the mix, I know we'll get back to this question as the show goes on, but – uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think on that. All right. Wes is going to think about it. He's going he's gonna to meet with Drum. They're going to do some research. And then hmm. we'll come back and answer some more of those questions. The Live Wire up next. One more hour to go on Wes and Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.